know about you, but that Kate Bush song really has got stuck in my head. Which one? The new with the well, it's not new with the Running Up the Hill from no. Stranger Things. I haven't watched it yet. Well, it literally plays the entire first seven uh, episodes. Okay. So I was waiting until the uh, the rest came out. Oh, well, you've got about a week, I think. Yeah. I think the and first is four. when it comes out. Yeah, it drops the first. So, um, I did hit, hit record, so. Well, <laughs> All right. well uh, welcome everybody to another edition of uh, Seven Days to Rock and Stone, Guardians. Um, Seven Days to Die and Stone. To Die and Stone. Graves. To Die in Stone. Or Carbonite. Stone. Frozen Carbonite. Our, <laughs> sharks in the Salsa. Our Shark. Salsa Shark. <laughs> salsa Shark. Um, so this is another edition of our... Um, Fanspiracy theories. Uh, this one, I think, some people pretty familiar with this movie. Because if you haven't seen it, yeah, you're obviously not a child of the '80s, or you're just stuck under a rock. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bunker for the past like thirty years. Yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know that one, right? Oh, of course. I've watched that movie like, ooh, got to be close to a hundred times. I don't know anybody who hasn't watched that movie a hundred times. Because whenever it's on television, I would always watch it. It's um, So just to give you a summary for those who haven't watched it, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is about a, a high schooler, senior, who is uh, taking, the, taking his ninth day off of the semester. And he ends up pissing the principal off, who then gets into some weird shenanigans... To try and catch this kid in a lie that he's actually not sick. Uh, they do yeah, some yeah, the hijinks. All up his uh, his butthole about all it. All up in his bunghole like, about it for sure. His sister is also trying to prove that he's a, a liar. Well, uh, it, for for those of you who who don't know, this is in fact not his only day off. So yeah, no, this is his uh, final day off of senior year, as far as we can tell. Right. And he's attempting to um, to take it off. So he ropes in his friends, Cameron and Sloan. They they live somewhere near, I'm sure they live in the suburbs of uh, Chicago somewhere. They do. I don't think they ever say which one it is, though. I have to imagine that they're very close. So they can't be more than like 20 minutes from Chicago. I mean, you should know. You're, you're from the Chicago area. You're somewhere yeah, there. Yeah, I mean... It kind of looks like it could be, like one of the ones near where I lived uh, as like a teen, like Arlington Heights or Schaumburg, uh, maybe uh, Barrington Hills. Uh, I'm not sure. No, it, well, it, me... it, it kind of looks like all of them in a way. Gotcha. I mean, uh, they all looked looked the same. Yeah, and it takes roughly an an hour to get to the city from out there oh, okay i know i took a trip down to frankfurt illinois took us about half an hour to get to chicago but probably to get through the city would be a giant pain in the ass because oh yeah the little bit of driving that we did in in or near the city was kind of a a pain in a pain in the dick if you don't have to drive <coughs> near the city just don't yeah it's better it, to take Avoid transportation. Yeah, avoid it completely. But the only reason that we were there is because we went to go to a uh, uh, mini golf course that is uh, apparently highly regarded. Um, I can look the look up the name because I don't remember it. 
Yeah. It's like top five in the country. Interesting. I know. I can't think of it. It's like yes. King it's Really great. King uh, something candy. out there. Where are you? Oh, there it is. Parking Skill Golf. Uh, technically, it's near Deerfield and Buffalo Grove. But we had to go through Chicago to get yeah. there. That's not super close to the city. That's roughly probably 45 minutes, an hour away. Well, from Frankfurt, it took us about f- probably around an hour to get there. Probably okay. an hour and a half. Maybe a little closer to an hour and a half. I can't quite remember. But we went to Frankfurt because we were on our honeymoon and... Not a honeymoon, but like a mini moon from our first anniversary. Okay. Okay. Frankfurt uh, or Illinois and Indiana have this nice place called Cypress Suites where you basically rent a really interesting hotel room. I'm pretty sure that really rich guys rent it out and then bring hookers to it. But uh, I made sure it was clean. It was clean. It was a very clean room, but we're good. I don't have any STDs last time, time I checked. Good to hear. Good to hear. It's been a couple of years, though, so I probably should re-up on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. Crouching tiger, hidden syphilis. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, Ferris. So anyway, back to Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller is uh, one of the John Hughes films. For those unfamiliar with those, that's like 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club. Those Coming-of-age really, movies. Uh, yeah, the coming-of-age movies from the 80s. He was responsible for literally all of them. Uh, I don't remember many of them, honestly, because the only ones that I really watched were Ferris Bueller. Uh, Weird Science was another one, I think. Uh, was that a John Hughes? Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club literally played like 24-7 uh, when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, Pretty in Pink is another like uh, popular one. Yes. Anything with Molly Ringwald from that time period was probably a John Hughes film. Here's an interesting connection between Molly Ringwald and the MCU. Okay. Uh, she'd made a cameo in Not Another Teen Movie. And yeah. Not Another Teen Movie starred Chris Evans. It and did? Obviously, everyone knows did. who Chris Evans is. He's uh Okay. Let's Captain bring it America. full circle. How did they connect to Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Nobody gives Kevin Bacon was in <laughs> Hot Ones a couple weeks ago. <laughs> That's how they're connected to him. Well, somehow. <laughs> because Chris somehow. Evans did Hot Ones, so. I don't think he has, to tell you no? the truth. No, I don't think he's ever done hot ones. That's one to get. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the biggest name that I can remember that was on hot ones. Not really sure. Gordon Ramsay was on hot ones. Shaq was on hot ones. Gordon Ramsay was on hot ones. They all seemed to enjoy it. Nobody got real pissed about it. I imagine they don't, like, put those out. I imagine they don't publish the ones where people get, like, all pissy about it. I remember when it was like nobody knew what the hell Hot Ones was, and now it's like huge. I was watching it back when the first season came out, when they were basically interviewing like nobodies. Uh, Second season came out, and I think they got a few good ones, like Keen Pila is one of the episodes I kind of remember. Nice. Uh, They were hilarious. That was when their movie came out. It was about the cat. I can't remember. Yes, what yeah. I forget what that was called, but that was a good movie. Yeah. So they were they were basically promoting that on Hot Ones. I am um, excited for his new movie though. Uh, nope. Jordan Peele. Yeah. That dude's become the new like West Craven. And, oh yeah, um, he is like the master of horror right now. Yeah. The master of suspense horror. It's it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also scary as shit. 
Yeah, freaky. Freaky as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So let's. So now everybody's looked up <laughs> what Ferris Bueller's all about. Let's get into the theory itself. Let's get a little summary here. Let's let, let's hit us with that fan conspiracy, Kev. So it's been referred to as like the Fight Club theory. So I don't know. You're familiar with Fight Club. For anyone who's yeah. not familiar with Fight Club, uh, that one is about Ed Norton's character is like breaking away from reality. He's sort of done with it, um, sort of like what what I am right now. But <laughs> he meets really right now. Kev? He meets some am guy. I real? Yeah, he meets a guy. In this case, Brad Pitt's character, Tyler Durden. That's how that's how impressive his stuff was. I'm not saying Edward Norton wasn't impressive in that movie. I'm saying his character's name is completely forgettable. I don't even remember his name. I don't think there was a name. Was he just called the narrator? Uh, I feel like he had a first name, but I I don't remember what it was. Maybe like uh, Ned or something. Yeah, this is gonna bother me. I gotta look it up now. <laughs> gotta look it up, people. I'm so I sorry. Has obsessed with it. Fight Club. Uh, anyways, the 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 conspiracy is that uh, Ferris Bueller. No, he was just called the narrator. He didn't have a name. That's why I can't uh, remember it. Okay. That makes sense. Meatloaf was in it. He was. Um, Helena Bonham Carter was in it, and a couple of other unknown. That's one of her people. like least weird roles too. Like, That's one of her least weird ones. Yeah, she's just like strung out. Like you know, she's just like a. She was a meth head in that one. I'm a meth sure. head, but like she wasn't. She wasn't like out of this world strange. She was just a meth head. I feel like. Yeah, every the... other movie she's in, she is like. From like outer space. Well, the King's Speech. She was in the King's Speech. She played Queen I, Elizabeth. I do not even remember her from that. So good job on them for disguising her. Uh, in Nola Holmes, she was a little bit on the strange side for a character. I did not watch that. Um, it's very good. I highly recommend it. She plays Eudoria Holmes, or. The mother of Enola and um, Sherlock. Okay. So, anyway, back to uh, Fight Club. Fight Club is basically uh, this guy is breaking from reality. He meets somebody who then becomes more and more dangerous and uh, strange, and they create this club, and then they eventually blow up the city, you know. Then come to find out that Tyler... Spoiler alert, by the way. Come to find out that Tyler Durden is, in fact, not real. He's a figment of the narrator's imagination. So all of the stuff that Tyler was doing, it was just him doing it. He was just looking at himself through a third-party perspective. Uh, this is basically the uh, soul for this particular theory. Um, so the gist of it is basically that Ferris Bueller is just a figment of Cameron's imagination... Uh, like Tyler Durden to the narrator in Fight Club, and uh, Sloane is just a girl whom he has a crush on and um, hasn't actually ever interacted with her before. What I don't like about that theory, number one, let's start with that, is yeah. that Sloane is, is not his love interest by the end of the movie. <laughs> if Ferris is the... Uh, figment of his imagination, you would think that Sloane would be his or uh, girl in the, you know, 
Well, I mean, especially during that time period, like that that would 100% be what happens. Yeah, that's a pretty standard operating procedure for uh, teenage coming-of-age movies. You end up with the girl that you always wanted. You know, like that one with Sean Penn. Can't Buy Me Love, I think. I didn't see that one. Holy crap, man. Why do I know more about the 80s than you do? You were born in the 80s. I mean... I, I was. That's. I know more about the '90s. I guess. Hey, everything you I was stand a for. Small child during the '80s. I was a sickly child. I was a small sickly child. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't like the way that it's described. Uh, I. I don't think the Fight Club theory behind it is is quite the way to go. I think that. Well, let's just get into the evidence for this well, one. Well, I think, I think there's go. just too much evidence against that theory. I think we can come up with a better theory, and we'll go over that one in a little bit. So let's give you, let's give you a full summary of the theory here. Uh, so while lying sick in bed, Cameron lets Ferris steal his father's car and take the day off. Uh, Cameron wanders around the city. All of his interactions with Ferris and Sloane and all the impossible hijinks and shenanigans are all played out in his head. This is part of the reason why the three characters can see so much of Chicago in less than one day. As we just discussed, Chicago is real difficult to get around. And walking, well, I mean, they just go to a restaurant, and then there's a parade. And they use public transportation, but they're all over the city. I don't know if any of those things are actually in existence. Like, what building were they in when they were uh, just before, like, the Stock Exchange building? Uh, yeah, there's a stock exchange building on Michigan Avenue, I think. Okay. So obviously there was some sort of thing. Yeah. But, but anyway. So Cameron was obviously alone. I don't know how that real piece of evidence makes any sense. By the way, I'm, re- I'm reading this off of the official fandom fan theory page. Uh, so that everyone knows where I'm getting all of this information. Uh, it isn't until he destroys the front of his car in a fugue state that he finally gets a grip on reality and decides to confront his father, after which he imagines a final, impossible escape for Ferris and a storybook happy ending for Sloane. Uh, the girl that Cameron knows he can never have. See, that really bothers me. Bothers me. Yeah. Uh, here's the evidence that is so has been so far compiled um, for this theory. Uh, the save Ferris messages all over the city. Uh, this represents how Cameron wishes someone would care about him more and also helps the idea that the film is merely a fantasy. That's tr- stretching it, I think, personally. I don't know how it helps the idea that it's merely a fantasy going on. Like, that could actually be a real thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, this, this kid it, it, could be... What was the name of the kid? Uh, Terry Shivo? Didn't it capture the hearts and imaginations of the of the country? Sure. I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know who. That, I know who Terry Shivo is. Yeah, but the, uh, I think the point is that he's envious of someone near him getting a lot of attention, which is a very real thing. Like that's a very real thing that could very easily happen. very easily happen. Yeah, it's uh, that their evidence or whoever wrote the the evidence is just know what they're they're talking about uh cameron's father's controlling and he has a very unhappy home life 
Uh, so creating a popular outgoing friend would make help would help his uh, help him feel better, make him happier, help to give him that sense of purpose in this um, crazy world we call existence. Uh, that one that one's good. I like that one. That makes sense. Uh, I know it's very possible for kids to become detached when their parents are controlling and, and just terrible overall or neglectful. He's been living with that. I'm no, guessing in this movie. sounds abusive in that situation. Well, I don't know about full-on abuse, but at this point, well, the kids not like lived physical his physical abuse, but like mental abuse. The kids lived his entire life where his father has been neglectful and cares more about possessions than he does his own child, so he's sort of alone and doesn't exactly feel great about himself because no one really loves him. It makes sense that he would make up sicknesses and, and shit like that and just decide he doesn't want to do anything because what's his purpose if nobody actually cares about him? We don't know anything about his mother either. Like, she could be out of the picture completely, or she could be just as neglectful. I think there's, like, maybe one or two, like, throwaway lines about her. Yeah, there might be. There's so many that I just don't remember. It's been... So, yeah. The next piece of evidence, the ending fates of Ferris and Sloane resemble that from a storybook. Sloane is happy. Ferris narrowly escapes and gets back home. Uh, the ra- the whole wrap-up of the story arc is perfect. Toe tied in a bow. Cameron is, is ready to face his father, to tell him how much of a dick he is, and uh, that he doesn't give a shit about the car. That one makes sense. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that plays into the whole this-is-a-fantasy kind of shit. I mean, I guess, but, like, that's the ending of, like, every movie in the 80s and 90s. Everybody's happy-slappy, walking off into the sunset with everything they need. Yeah, but we're assuming that this is a real-life scenario here. Not that it's just a movie. I mean, but it's not, though. (laughs) But it's just a movie. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that the fact that it's tied up so perfectly... Assuming that this is real, it falls into the the realm of uh, impossible fantasy, because let's look at let's look at what happens at the end of the movie here. Sloane says yes to Ferris, uh, that she'll marry him, even though she's like seventeen and he's eighteen, and they have no idea what getting married will even entail. He manages to get home just in time before his parents get home to uh, conclude the day that he has been sick all all day. The principal who catches him in this lie just so happens to get mauled by his dog at the end. And his sister, who hates him, who has hated him his entire life, has decided to be nice for the very first time in her life to him. And Cameron is, is confident and ready to face his father with no qualms about it. That's a storybook ending. That's like pure fantasy right there. None of that yeah. shit. None of that shit would happen. At least not all of it at once. Maybe two like of the, the end of two of the five things that I just movies. yeah, like two of the five things could possibly happen. Ferris could make it home in time to to fool his parents. His sister would be pissed about it, and she'd yell and scream. And if she existed, well, I'm pretty the... sure she was only not pissed because she got to screw over the principal. Oh yeah, yeah, probably. So everything sort of just fell into place perfectly for and him. So was somehow happy about meeting all 
coked up Charlie Sheen at the police department. Who wouldn't be happy to meet coked up Charlie Sheen? Mm. Not me. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, so the next one would be Cameron trashes the car in his fantasy. Uh, realizes he has to stand up to his father at some point. He blows him off. Oh, sorry. He blows off his imaginary friends who offer to take the blame to prevent him from facing his fears since he doesn't need these imaginary friends anymore. Uh, it is unknown if he actually has trashed the car or if he has just come to the real- realization he really needs to stand up to his father finally. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they show, like, the window breaking and it, like, driving off, like, a, a small cliff. And, like, I, I for that, I for would say... You know why doesn't why why don't they just then disappear in that scene, and then the rest of the movie focus on Cameron, Cameron talking to his father? Uh, plot device. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it if that were the real focus of it, like you know why the rest of the movie? Because like, why do we need to focus on Ferris yeah. at the end of the movie? It's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, like it, because if it was like a one-off thing where, like, you know, it's like a minute scene where he he does the escape and then go back to Cameron, like I could see that. But I, I think like, we could literally tie the rest of the movies. I think we could tie this into a better bow than what they've got on here. So let's let's keep going. Let's get another okay. one in here. Okay. Um, it explains how they are able to see the entire city in a short period of time because Cameron imagines the whole thing, but. What doesn't make sense in this particular piece of evidence is if he's imagining all of it, then obviously the car wouldn't be destroyed because why would he go near the car if he's just imagining that he destroyed the car? Also, there's definitely like a little uh, hold there too because they are seen on TV at the Cubs game by the principal or no. They are seen on TV. Yeah, that whole... Yeah, that whole scene um, in the grand scheme of things kind of blows the evidence out of the water because why would he imagine the principal right. uh, at all? And um, like, I can see everything else like where it's just them being like, you know, memories of going to these places and like, oh, what he wanted to do because he didn't get to do it because his parents were controlling. But like that particular one where it's definitely an outside... Uh, person observing it is uh, kind of pokes that big old hole there. Yeah, um, Sloane seems like he, it's ba- she's based on a a popular girl at school whom all the guys have a crush on, and yeah, for the most part, she, I mean, she's well dressed, she's you know beautiful, she seems really intelligent, she seems like the the kind of girl that everybody would be into in the eighties overall. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 the only thing you can clue, conclude can fuck you can conclude from that <laughs> is that uh, Cameron would definitely be on that list of people, especially if he's introverted. He definitely would imagine himself either being close to her or being her love interest by the end of the movie. So that that kind of tracks a little bit, not the rest of it, but. Ferris is most likely based on a popular classmate whom he aspires to be like, so a very extroverted person. 
whom uh, everybody loves and everybody kind of wants to be friends with. And this allows him to imagine what it would be like to have a popular friend and be sort of in the background where he's the best friend of the popular kid, but the popular kid is best friends with everybody. But he spends most of his time liking Cameron or hanging out with Cameron. Kind of tracks. Those two pieces of evidence together kind of track a little bit with the, the theory. Yeah, on their own, it, it kind of does. Yeah, when they go deeper, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense like why Sloane would not be his love interest. Um, that just doesn't make any, any sense whatsoever. What I think the theory should be is that I think that the entire movie is happening in his head. He basically has a fantasy about these two popular people at school who have probably, in all likelihood, are together in some way, shape, or form, or he thinks that they're together in some way, shape, or form. And um, this Ferris kid is actually, in fact, sick or and or dying. And he's such a popular kid, like he's um, he's involved with so many things that everyone in the city seems to get behind it. And it just sort of snowballs from there. I could see that happening. And Cameron knows that that's happening. And he sort of um, built this kid up in his head as his best friend or something like that. And he's gone into sort of a catatonic state. I think there's an alternative to that, too. Like, I think uh, it could be based on, like, a, a real friend that died and oh, so like he, he actually, like, yeah, like he actually was best friends with the popular kid, and right. his and his best friend is in fact dying in the hospital. Yeah, and he so doesn't he's, know he's how to handle it. Really dying, and he's just that, like, I think that tracks a little bit in his mind. I think that tracks a little better with the Sloan thing, because it probably is that she is in fact uh, involved with Ferris. Mm-hmm. And um, Cameron is obviously for best friends with Ferris, and with Sloane um, being around, he would obviously know her. And, and you know, you get to know a girl, and you're you're in high school. It's kind of hard not to not to have a crush on someone that popular. So yeah, I think I think that tracks a little bit better. So yeah, I probably think what's happening is that Ferris is is sick and or dying in the hospital, or needs a new liver. or some shit, and they're they're trying to actually uh, save him, which is why all the kids at school are trying to, to help him out. And then, so, but unfortunately for Cameron, because he, the only person who's ever shown him any sort of, how, what do you call it, attention, slash friendship, or has ever, he's ever been really close with, because he obviously didn't have a father that was any close to him. And his mother doesn't exactly seem sort of, uh really a good mother at all so he's sitting there and he's like he doesn't know how to handle it because how would you at 18 years old if my best friend was dying i fucking wouldn't know what to do especially if my parents weren't as good as they are yeah i mean if you got like super shitty parents that are you know not doing what they're supposed to do yeah the only social uh, relationship that you have your... is your friends and the only friend that you have because you're so introverted is dying, how do you handle that? I would go into a catatonic fugue state for sure. I'd be like, this is this sucks. 
life existence is pain for me seeks <laughs> existence is pain so yeah i would totally totally go into a catatonic state so so i think what's happening is he's at the beginning of the movie that's what he's actually doing and then he decides to build this fantasy up where ferris has, uh, just calls him out of the blue and I think the evidence for that, especially since the way that Ferris calls him, he calls him from a freaking like bamboo palm chair where he's drinking like a Mai Tai or something or some sort of beach drink out of a coconut. Yeah. That's totally fantasy right there. Like he's calling him, he's healthy as a horse, he's enjoying life, and he wants to enjoy life with Cameron for the day. That's where we begin the whole fantasy portion of the movie forget all the beginning of that the beginning bullshit that's um that's nothing because he's breaking the fourth wall and that's all bullshit just ignore that completely otherwise my my theory falls apart <laughs> <laughs> well you could take the uh the parts where he's breaking the fourth wall where he's talking to cameron Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, he's talking to Cameron, who is the audience, and, uh, well, that's an interesting way. Somebody should do a movie like that. That'd be freaking crazy. Ooh. That messed with my head so much. So meta. TMCC. I was going to say KF, meta. For the thought. Yeah, KF. meta is in. TM. Registered, <laughs> registered trademark of uh, Seven Days to Die. Seven Days to Rock and Stone. Shit. Anyway. Absolutely. So so he calls him and he's like, Let's let's go on an adventure. You come pick me up right now. And then uh Cameron's like, I'm dying. And he's like, you're you're not dying, you just can't think of anything fun to do. And he's like, well, Leave me alone, Ferris, I'm 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 not I'm not coming into school today and all that shit. So then he goes off and they all and they do their hijinks essentially. But I don't think he ever actually leaves his house. I think it all happens in, in this fugue state he's in where he's attempting to understand his uh, his place in the world. Um, what I think, when I think he, things do come back to reality um, a little bit is when he decides to jump into the pool. I think that's him actually trying to commit suicide. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Like it it kind of turns into this like silly scene after uh, where he's like kind of teasing Ferris, you know, Ferris Bueller, you're my hero. Yeah. Like I think what happened was he, he got a bit uh, like a big dose of reality um, where his father came home and, and went up to check on him to make sure he wasn't dead and then yelled at him or some shit to get out of the house. And he, he's like, he's, sort of gets up and is sort of catatonic and really doesn't care about what's going on. So he goes out to the pool, sits on the lifeguard chair and just sort of stares and imagines shit going on. And um, then it gets to a point where there's a lull in the story and he just doesn't see, see a point anymore. I think he thinks that the car is the most important thing to his dad's life. So he's going to, commit suicide and that'll show him kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he thinks yeah, in his head that he's yeah. going to show his dad by killing himself. So he just jumps into the pool and then and that, uh, that like shock of hitting the water 
I shook him out of it a little bit. Sh- it probably shook him out of it a little bit. And then his best buddy, Ferris, comes in to save him and pulls him out of the water when it's just sort of him coming back to reality, realizing he's got to get out of the fucking water, otherwise he's going to die. Yeah, like, uh, you know, the thought of his best friend. Because he's still alive, he's dying, but he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he he sort of gets shocked back into reality. And then he's, he's pulled out of the water... He has a little joke with his buddy, and he he said he gets all dried off, and then the whole humor thing with where he was uh, watching uh, Sloane while she was changing. Um, definitely, definitely cloaks with this particular uh, fan theory where he's got a crush on her, and obviously watching her change was a big thing for him. Uh, not that I condone you watching someone without their consent, but. This was the 80s, it was a whole different time, and we're just going to talk about it. I'm not going to whitewash it. We're not those kinds of people. So, what I think think happens from there, at least from a reality perspective as opposed to inside of his head, is he's, he's, he's out of the pool, he's all dressed up. I think the car is, like, staged on uh like a jack or something and his dad had it in neutral because he was like messing with it and so cameron goes up and he starts to realize how much of a dick his father is and he's trying to show his friends that he can he can handle him so he kicks the car a bunch of times and then he actually does in fact kick it out the window but obviously ferris and sloan are not actually there so, right. So he just sort of kicks it out the window after having throwing his tantrum. In that scene, it would be more like uh, there is like rationality. And yeah. He's just kind of ignoring them. He's there. Yeah. There his. Uh... Well, obviously that. I mean, it makes sense if it, because Ferris is so extroverted, and then all of a sudden his friend goes off the rails, and he's not doing anything to stop him. It doesn't really check for the kind of personality that Ferris is supposed to have. In my right, opinion. I mean, he's supposed to be like, you know, a big personality, like dominant. And take charge. I think you try and like, take charge, or you try and stop his his best friend from... Uh, Ruining his life. Know, creating a situation that's essentially going to either end with him Getting killed his by his father yeah. or being kicked out of the house for, you know, the, the rest, rest of his, his life. life. Pretty much. Yeah, I think that makes makes some sense, uh, for sure. Uh, and then from there, he decides to to tie it up in a bow, because he actually feels like he knows what he wants to do with his life. Now that he's had a bit of a death scare, and a um, a dose of reality where he actually destroyed his father's car. Yep he he pulls his pants up. He takes a deep breath and. Uh exhales i'm gonna murder my father i (laughs) yeah i think that's probably what happens yeah that was uh that was from reddit unexpected for sure the (laughs) i think i think the reason we see it all get tied in a bow for ferris and sloan is because that's how cameron imagines it happening so he sits there and he imagines that Sloane's going to get married to, to Ferris, which is going to make her super happy. And he's happy for her. 
and well, then that like ties it up for Ferris too. So like if his friend is really dying, like you know, what a better way, yeah, to, he, to send he, him off. Yeah, he kicked the principal's butt. His sister actually likes him now. His parents don't aren't any of the wiser to his shenanigans, and he's definitely going to graduate from high school. Because that was what was in question at the beginning of the movie for Ferris, is whether or not he was going to graduate high school. And I think from Cameron's perspective, he thinks it's going to happen because he keeps skipping class. And from our perspective, what's really happening is he's going to die before he even graduates high school. So, you know, that theory makes more sense. I don't think the Fight Club theory, the one that we found is exactly how it works but i think ours makes a little little more sense tracks a little bit better if you know what i mean yeah i think it's just a little more um self-consistent yeah yeah at least story-wise it makes it 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 sort of wraps itself into a neat little bow there are very few holes as compared to the other one yeah yeah also also uh they could just had a really nice day also, very true. They could have just had a really nice day. This whole thing could have been a real, real deal. So, who knows? Who knows? Ferris knows. Well, that's why it's <laughs> a fanspiracy. Oh, yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed our fanspiracy, everybody. If you haven't watched the movie, I highly recommend it. It's very good. Well, I mean, uh, it's basically required, so go watch it right yeah. now. I mean, Ferris. I demand it. Uh, Matthew Broderick is a fantastic in it. So is um, I forgot Cameron's name. What's the guy? Who's the guy who plays Cameron? Do you know? Oh, I I can't remember that actor's name off the top of my head. Uh, I think it's Rick something. I'm gonna look it up. I'm all looking up because it's gotta be nice. Gotta. Yeah, I mean, he pops up in stuff like here and there. He's <laughs> not as prolific as Matthew Broderick, but. Uh, I mean, he's about as prolific as Matthew Broderick has been lately. Well, lately, yeah, for sure. Um, His name is Alan Ruck. That's it. Uh, He's in Spin City. Really good in Spin City. Oh, that's right. I love Spin Spin City. City. I love Spin City. I love Spin City before Charlie Sheen. After Uh, Charlie Sheen shows up, I I can't stand it anymore. I I mean, it's, it's all for Michael J. Yeah. That was the that was the show where Michael J. Fox had to stop filming for it because he discovered he had Parkinson's. Uh, Mia Sarah is the woman who plays Sloane Peterson. Uh, Jennifer Grey plays Jeannie Bueller or his sister. And there's uh, there's quite a few people in that in that movie altogether that are are crazy. Oh yeah, I mean there there are a bunch of people who are like in uh, in eighties nineties movies. I'll ma- uh, I'm going to mess with your head for a second here. Do yeah. you know who Richard Edson is? No, not from the name. Okay, so Richard Edson is the one who plays the garage guy in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, okay. So the yeah. one who steals the car and takes off in the middle of the uh, Chicago with yeah. the car. He was in Super Mario Brothers. The movie. Oh, the live action one? Yeah, from the 90s. Nice. Uh, as Spike, one of the minions for King Koopa. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, I, I mean, I don't care what you think about that movie. As a movie in and of itself, it was pretty good. 
Yeah, as its own thing, it is a ton of fun. It's real, real it's... fun. However, the source material that it's supposed to have been following makes right. no fucking sense whatsoever. You know, so... it feels more like um, Judge Dredd than Super Mario. It feels like, yeah, post-apocalyptic Judge Dredd movie. Uh, but yeah, it's great. I love its it. Own. It's a ride in and of itself, and you really yeah. should watch it. So, yeah, he was a spike from that movie. Uh, and the guy who played the other minion was in Short Circuit. He played the okay. Indian guy. Uh, His name is Fisher uh, Stevens. Like the 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 creator. Of uh, Johnny Five. Yeah, he was uh, Ben Jabitua. I'm sorry, that was really butchered. But that's another classic '80s '90s movie. Go yeah, on. that 80s, guy was 90s, also 90s. in a episode of um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I thought you were gonna say uh, Law and Order SVU, and I was gonna be like, duh. Uh, no, actor no, has, no. he was in Law and Order Criminal Intent. Order. Actually. Well, okay, good. <laughs> he call himself an actor. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, that's a good movie, Short Circuit. Sorry, we're getting into all these crazy movies that we really enjoy watching. I mean, but, I'm sure there's a fan conspiracy about Short Circuit. Yeah, we shall we shall find another fan conspiracy for you guys uh, next week, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Until then, we wish you seven days to rock and stone. Rock and stone. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. At 7 Day Star SG. And Facebook. At 7 Day Star SG. Later, everybody. Bye bye.